All right, let's talk uh, more about the Georgia Bulldogs and the Combine and bring in Jake Roos from On3.com, DogsHQ.com. Hey, before I forget and we get involved in the Combine stuff, I want to hear what you have heard about Dylan Rayola and his visit to Athens this past weekend. What have you learned about that? He is, of course, I should say, I should just say his name, but he, if you do not know, is the, or Jake does, but our listeners, is the number one prospect for the next recruiting cycle, top quarterback, top player in the country. Yeah, you know, uh, Dylan Riola is uh, a guy everybody's, of course, going to want to know about. But, uh, you know, Georgia didn't play host to anybody this past weekend. Uh, they, they were, uh, they were on spring break. So, uh, he was, he, he, I think, I uh, believe he made his way out to USC and, uh, had a chance to go see the Trojans. And, uh, okay. uh, it was one of those, yeah, it was, for, but it's a, it's a, that's a, it's an important visit all the same. He's a guy who, uh, things have really picked up strongly. Uh, with USC coming off of that visit. Now, I caution people on that, though, because it does feel like with Riola, a lot of it's kind of been, um, you know, who's uh, who's gotten the last visit. So, I, you know, until we get an indication that he's ready to make a commitment, I hesitate to read too much into anything. I think that there's certainly an appeal when it comes to USC. I think you'd be crazy if you were a quarterback not to look at playing with Lincoln Riley. Uh, but right now, you know, until he's ready to set a date or, or uh, we hear that that's coming, I think that any projections seem a little bit early and a little bit, bit maybe uh, hasty for me. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that for sure, as he is a, a tremendous prospect that uh, I know Georgia would, would love to get. All right. Uh, in general, let, let's get your feedback on what you saw from the Georgia players in the combine. Jake, what did you think about what you saw with the Bulldogs there in Indianapolis? Uh, more of the same, and, and that's good for Georgia. Um, tremendous performances all around. I thought everybody kind of uh, you know did a few things to help themselves. Kenny McIntosh maybe probably the, the one guy you'd say uh, probably had the, the more lackluster just given that, fourth, uh, that, that 40 time he had, but Otherwise, look, Nolan Smith blew the roof off of the place. Darnell Washington was absolutely fantastic. I give credit to Jalen Carter for going back to Indianapolis and kind of facing the music a little bit after his incident. Um, you know, it was it was a good all-around combine for Georgia. I think, uh, like I said, kind of more of the same. Stephen Bennett I thought was tremendous, and, and I, in my personal opinion, had the best combine out of anybody for Georgia, just given kind of what the expectations were surrounding him going into this process. So, uh, you know, it, it ended up being a three-day commercial for the Georgia Bulldogs, and, and I don't think Kirby Smart would have it any other way. So did Stetson Bennett, in your mind, perhaps get into day two of the draft? I think so, yeah. I think that he has a real shot to do that now. I think that, um, listen, it, you know, a lot of these guys we were talking about going into this draft, we, everybody knew Darnell Washington, big, strong, fast guy. How fast? We weren't sure, but we knew he was quick. Uh, he, he put together an outstanding showing. Nolan Smith, tremendous athlete, knew he could run. You did not hear Stetson Bennett's name being mentioned with the likes of guys like Will Levis very often going into this combine, and suddenly he's throwing the ball as fast and throwing deep balls that look just as nice as that guy. I think that he's got a real shot to play himself in like that. You know, it's going to take a team, I think, falling in love with him and seeing the upside, but you know, when you've got a league like this where guys like Brock Purdy are coming in, 
you know, Mr. Irrelevant. You've got, you know, backup guys that are being successful. I think that a team can get out there and take a chance on a guy like Stetson, especially if they believe that he can be a usable backup in year one. And, and who knows what the future holds for him. But I think that his, his overall performance was really a standout in terms of what he was able to put on the field. It would not shock me at all to see him as a day two guy, in my personal opinion. Jake Roos, our guest on 3.com, dogshq.com, at Roos Recruiting. All right, as you can imagine, Jake, we have been discussing discussing the Jalen Carter situation at length over the last couple of days, both for him personally, professionally, and then with the Atlanta Falcons, kind of taking trying to put ourselves in their shoes to see what they would do if, in fact, he were on the board, for example, at number eight. What do you think with what we know right now, which is 4.06 on March the 7th, and we know with with all this stuff that things could obviously change with what we find out, but what do you think his situation is, and what do you think the Falcons would do if, in fact, he were on the board at number eight? Well, uh, first off, I, I I hesitate to predict anything the Falcons will ever do because they, they're they're going to do the worst possible thing in most cases. So um, no, I, I really I think that I, I don't see it as a deal breaker for Carter. I don't know that it's a case. I haven't heard that personally from anybody. I mean, it, it's I think the the real thing is what happens now. You know, is there more to come from this, and how does that shape things out? But based on what we know, know right now, I don't see it as something that's going to uh, knock him down draft boards, uh, or if at all. Um, you know, I think that what we're going to see in, instead, where we had him maybe projected as a number one overall guy, is it looks like there's going to be a run on quarter corner uh, quarterbacks, and that's going to maybe bump him down a little bit. But I don't think he's getting much past you know that those those you know, seven to ten spots. I It would shock me to, to learn that. And like you said, if the Falcons have that opportunity and they don't do it, that would be such a huge misstep, but so characteristic of them. Um, I would, I, as a Falcons fan, I would be devastated to see that. He's a game changer no matter how you frame it up. And listen, they were willing to roll the dice on a guy like uh, Deshaun Watson, who certainly carried some baggage along with him. I don't think Jalen Carter's is approaching that level. So if you feel like he's a guy that can uh, really affect the, the uh, defensive line in the way that you know Georgia fans have seen that he can for several years now, I, I think they would be really remiss not to take the shot. Let me real quick let everybody know that Georgia Tech has just beaten Florida State in the first round of the ACC tournament as Josh Pastor tries to keep his job. Georgia Tech has won 61-60 to over FSU, so – it's a great win for the Yellow Jackets. All right, Jake, back to the Jalen Carter story here. And again, we were talking this thing uh, over and over and over and over again. And, and um, you know, he's going to have to answer more questions from these teams. He's going to have to sit down and the heck with what he's going to have to do from the legal perspective of his charges. But he's going to have to face the music. He's going to have to have the questions thrown his way of why were you speeding? Why were you racing if you were? Why did you leave your teammate if you knew he possibly could be dead? Why did you have to be called back to the scene? A lot of those questions. How much of that bothers you, or do you think it will bother people in those positions to the point where they'll overlook the fact that this young man may be the best talent in this draft? I personally think that it's going to be the latter. I think that people are going to be able to overlook pretty much anything outside of, you know, just a direct uh, 
I, I mean, it, it, at this point, I don't know what he could have done uh, based on what we know that would implicate him in a, a super serious manner uh, to a point that an NFL team wouldn't be convinced. Uh, was he driving fast? Yeah, sounds like it. Was he racing? Yeah, possibly. Sounds like it. But, you know, w- was he doing it while intoxicated? We don't have anything to point to that end. Uh, we nope. don't have anything to suggest that, you know, he was somehow involved in what transpired in terms of, you know, people going off of the road or whatever. I'm not saying that stuff can't come out, and it very well may, but as, as taking it at face value as we have it right now, I don't think that there's anything to in, implicate him, uh, you know, as much much of a danger to a community or some sort of, you know, uh, uh, bad apple. Um, you know, he sounds like a kid who's got a little bit of a lead foot, and he likes to show it off a little bit. And I think for the right price, he can probably figure out how to not do that, and maybe even get a driver to take him around. But I, I think the teams will overlook it, just given the talent that he is. I don't see it as a, a huge holding uh, hold back for him. I don't see it as a, an opportunity for teams to um, – you know, uh, race red flags about character or anything like that. Like I said, to me, speeding, I, I, it's, it's a blurry line. I don't consider it a, a character issue. Is it dangerous? Is it irresponsible? Certainly. Does it show maybe a, a lack of judgment? Sure. But I would say it's maybe the number one crime that's participated in uh, it, across the America. So at the same time, I think you gotta, you got to take it with that pill. Todd McShay of ESPN had a mock draft up today. He had the Falcons taking Nolan Smith at 8 and Jalen Carter dropping to 12. Your thoughts on those two selections? I I would really obviously prefer Carter. I just think that he makes more sense for Atlanta. Nolan Smith, and I said this the other night on our podcast, Nolan Smith's a tremendous football player. I think of Nolan Smith as a football player, though. I don't know that he's a guy who has a direct home the second he walks onto the field. I think that he's a guy who can play a number of spots and kind of freelance a little bit in a defense. And so to me, he feels a little bit more like a luxury piece for a team on the back end that has the flexibility and a a solid core around him to have a guy like that who can go out there and just flash some tools. To me, if you're the Falcons, I feel like you have clear, defined needs that say, yes, we need a guy who can do X, Y, Z. Nolan Smith can do those things, but is he better just kind of floating around? I think so, personally. So to me, I think Jalen Carter would, would be the pick. But again, we're talking Falcons here. Yeah, and and um, our skepticism of them doing the right thing is is uh, is shared for sure, Jake. Look, I I know that Todd McShay had the talk out there even before the accident on January the fifteenth, questioning some character issues with Jalen Carter. In in your recruiting time and and in and just being right around the program, did you ever hear any other questions about Jalen Carter's character? Never, no, not once. Um, I in the entire time that I covered him, um, I've never heard anybody say an ill word about him. And the thing about it is, a lot of people are kind of waiting to say those things. You know what I'm saying? Like when a kid has those issues, there people love to talk about that. That's hot gossip. Yeah, he's not. He's not a guy I ever heard that about. And I, you know, is it possible that it was the case and it was never brought up? Sure, of course. But it's not something that ever made it to my ears. I remember his coach uh, in high school. The one thing he told me that stuck out to me was that a coach uh, came into his office and uh, when he was recruiting Carter and said, 
uh, that kid right there is going to be a top ten pick in the NFL draft, and, hmm. and by by all measures, uh, he he certainly uh, looks the, looks the part. So, uh, from a pure character standpoint, though, no, I, I've never heard anything like that. And obviously, you saw that story about him buying the uh, the defensive yeah. lineman's food as well. You know, I mean, you, you 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 hate to speak to people and their character when you don't know them personally, but right. uh, from what I know. Uh, I, I've never heard anything to suggest Jalen Carter was any sort of issue for anyone. You know, it's such a um, a weird discussion. And as I've had a disclaimer on all these segments that we've had over the last week, um, we're, we're talking about football. This is a sports talk show. We know that two people are dead. We know that we're trying not to be insensitive at all to that fact. We're We're trying to talk about how this young man's future is going to play out professionally because that's what we do. Um, And while I have the questions that I was asking you earlier that I think that other teams are going to ask Jalen Carter in their interviews with him, the other thing that I can't get out of my mind, Jake, is the fact that he picked up a LSU offensive player like a ragdoll in the SEC championship game to almost show his dominance on, on the field that day. He's a tremendous player. There's no question about it. Like I said, listen, if the worst thing about you is that you have a lead foot, I'm not saying that's not a, a problem. It is. But uh, that's, like I said, something that millions of people struggle with day in and day out. And it, does that necessarily mean that, you know, you're not going to pan out in the league, that you're, you, you're not cut for it mentally? I don't think it indicates any of those things. You know, was a con- I, I said this the other day on our message board, and I think it is true. I think a lot of people feel invincible until they have to suffer any sort of consequence. And you have to hope that this is the kind of thing that snaps Jalen Carter back into reality and says, look, I'm not just anybody anymore, okay? I'm a different kind of guy. My life's going to play out differently than a lot of people. And so maybe I can't participate in the things that most normal people participate in. You hope that's the case. I hope that's the case for him. You know, it, it takes young people to, to be shaken a little bit sometimes. And uh, I, I have a good feeling that if this isn't the one, then, then yeah, there may be a larger issue at play. But, yeah. um, you know, I think that this is uh, I, I think that this is a really nice chance for him to kind of push reset on everything and, and move forward uh, with what should be a, a very bright future for himself. Jake, Russ and I have talked the last two days after we have witnessed what happened with Darnell Washington in the Combine that it might almost be better for an NFL team like Atlanta with Kyle Pitts, like Jacksonville with Evan Ingram, like Kansas City with with Kelsey, like Baltimore with Mark Andrews to go after Darnell Washington compared to a team that simply needs a tight end because of what he's done at Georgia the last two years with Brock Bowers. Do you think a lot of teams will look at that as a possibility and in turn try to target that young man after what they saw in Indianapolis? I I think that that's definitely a thought process that will happen. But the, the real question is how badly do those other teams need tight ends? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like yeah. if you're taking a chance on a guy, I think he's a damn good one to take a chance on. He brings it all to the field. And really what makes him so unique, and I think it's going to be so interesting to see him playing out, is one of these offensive coaches who looks at him in the way that Todd Munkin did and said, look, we, we have a built-in uh, sixth offensive lineman here. We've got a guy who can really change the running game in our, uh, in our scheme. I think that's what's so intriguing about him. But would I love to see him paired up with a guy like Kyle Pitts? Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
It, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes after what he did because, my God, it's just uh, it's unbelievable what that young man can do. He's, you know, it, it, his running and all the things he was doing athletically were already kind of impressive. And then all of a sudden he goes and catches that ball with one hand. You're like, holy crap, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And you wondered, you know, he's one of those guys that it certainly feels like the best football's ahead for. You know, it feels yeah. like we only got glimpses of what Darnell Washington could do at Georgia. And that's not to say that, you know, he was misused. I think that he did a lot of things that won't get marked on a stat sheet or that people won't appreciate it in Athens. But from a pure offensive weapon standpoint, you're probably going – I think everybody on earth would probably defer to Bowers first. But I think that in the NFL, uh, Darnell Washington carved himself out a nice, nice uh, day – a nice, nice uh, career uh, if he's able to perform like he did in that combo. Well, if there was no such person as, as Brock Bowers at the University of Georgia, would Darnell have had more yards? Sure, but I don't think it's going to hurt. I don't think it would be any higher necessarily on the on the draft boards compared to what they've already seen from him right now. Do you? No, I don't. I don't at all. And you know, I had somebody on Twitter the other day that kind of got at me, and they said, "I said, you know, it, it was after his forty. I said you can only hope to contain him." And they were like, "Well, Brock Bowers did a pretty good job containing him. He was he couldn't even make tight end one." I said. How many people on earth could beat out Brock Bowers for tight end one? I mean, I, I got Travis Kelsey and uh, George Kittle as the, the front runners and maybe a push with Mark Andrews. Outside yeah. of that, mm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to roll with the young guy here. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's any knock on him. And, and plus, Georgia just wasn't running a situation where it was, he was behind in that way. I mean, it was, right. you know, it, it, I think that, uh, I'm I'm very intrigued to see though how he can fully be utilized in the NFL in a different scheme and you know th- these are the great supposedly the greatest football minds in the world. Uh, let's see how they're able to put together a, a package for this guy. Absolutely, and I can't wait for March seventh, twenty twenty four, when we're probably going to be sitting here a few days after the combine saying, "Did Brock Bowers really do that in Indianapolis?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, you talk about – I mean, listen, I, Brock Bowers isn't going to have to do anything. That's the thing. Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers could leave to, to declare tomorrow, not run not run at pro day, and I, I guarantee I you he's a, he's a top 15 pick. No doubt. No doubt about it. Great stuff. Jake Roos on 3.com, dogshq.com, and at Roos Recruiting. Jake, thank you. We'll be talking next week about spring practice. Can't wait for that. Oh, man. Time. It feels like time, doesn't it? All right, buddy.